0: This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world building
1: warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly
0: Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week, we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be
1: solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 164 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the features of Kindle Direct Publishing, or KDP, and Author Central. But first, Julia. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Julia's back.
0: Yay. So uh, let's get into our personal updates. I have a very exciting personal update. Yeah, and it's do. come at the perfect time, because at the time of this episode going out, it's only... One day until the release of the original Midorian, which is the final book in my YA science fiction science fantasy trilogy. And yes, it is the last book. I did talk about there maybe being more, but (laughs) I'm just so done with this trilogy now. I'm like, no, it's ended. Um, So it's all very exciting and hectic, of course. Um, Yeah, I've been making cute metal bookmarks to go with my signed paperbacks and finishing the formatting and all that fun stuff. So yeah, it's finally done and I can yeah. I can breathe a little, yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'll be so happy when that's done and finished. And But it's never done and finished, is it? Because then I've got to market it and get people to buy it. <laughs> so it's, it's never over. But aside from that, um, I've been working on the formatting book um, and getting some feedback from people, which has been invaluable. So the book formatting formula is my focus at the moment. Um, aside from the fact that Christmas is on its way and I kind of have to focus on that too (laughs) but I do want to learn to be a bit less blinkered when I'm working on projects and allow myself to switch between different works in progress and I think this will be good practice because of having a fiction and a non-fiction at the go on the go at the same time so Mm. switching between those won't feel so much like I'm doing something really wrong (laughs)
1: Yeah, and it and it shouldn't, it even switching between fiction projects. I mean, we're all different, obviously, but for some people that works really, really well. And so, yeah, there is nothing wrong. If that's what works, there is nothing wrong with doing that at all.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna see if switching works and like having several on the go at once, because I've not done that before. Mm. Um, because I'll start something and be like, oh no, I really need to finish the trilogy. And then I'll kind of push myself, push myself and not finish the trilogy for two years. <laughs> and I feel like, oh, if I've been writing something at the same time, maybe, you know, I would have had more books out by now. Anyway, doesn't matter. Mm. We'll see. We're all a work in progress. Yeah. Just like yep. our works in progress. <laughs> <sighs>
1: OK, so for me, it's been a weird week. Uh, it feels like I haven't accomplished anything, to be honest. Um, I've really lacked motivation and struggled with all areas of my life. I mean, not like in a major way, nothing awful has happened, but and I haven't been depressed or anything. It's just, I don't know, my mood's been good. I
0: just didn't want to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's okay. Right? Yeah. Everyone needs a break.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I just did need more of a break than I wanted to admit. Um but yeah, I don't know. I know I'm still in two minds about what I want to do with the rest of the year. But um,
0: hey, hey. it's not planned down to the second. No, it's not <laughs> at all. Um,
1: But yeah, so uh, I am getting ready to run a goal setting workshop in December to help people set goals for 2023. Uh, so I've been spending some time setting things up for that, getting my you know landing page and automation sequence ready to grab people's details so yeah i'll share more about that next week and a link to register if any of our listeners are interested um so yeah i've also been doing some marketing prep work for felix assuming i ever managed to finish the book <laughs> one day you will if i do i'll have lots of comp authors and titles ready for ads and newsletter swaps and so on so i may be putting the cart before the horse but It is work that needs to be done. So
0: and you'll be prepared when you get there, not if when.
1: (laughs) It just might be another year. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, we'll see. It's so nearly done. You know, that's the frustrating thing. And you know how this feels, Junior. Like oh yes. (laughs) I'm probably like two thirds, three quarters done with it. You know, it's I just need to give it a push and and get there. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have no Angeline this week, um, and she's actually taking a little break from the podcast, but you've still got us.
0: Yes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We don't have any new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all of our current patrons who sponsor the show. We appreciate the support so much and patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive access to our off-air banter and the chance to join in with our monthly sessions of Sprints and Giggles, an evening where we do writing sprints, answer questions and have a laugh. So if you'd like to join in and also support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. So we're going to get
1: into our main topic. Um, Let's start with some quick definitions for our our very new authors, first-time authors who may not know this stuff yet. What is KDP and what is Author Central? What's the difference? What are they for?
0: Who knows? I feel like I'm going to be tested because, like, I'm sitting (laughs) here going, how would I even describe what Author Central is? What is it? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) I know what KDP stands for. It stands for Kindle Direct Publishing. Correct. Hey. hey. 10 <laughs> it is Amazon's self publishing platform.
1: Yes. It's where you go when you want to upload your book to sell on Amazon. Um so it's got a very user friendly interface. You just need an email address, create an account and away you go. Um then to then there's author central. So I don't know, that's that's maybe harder to define. Author Central is kind of like um it's it's like a a shopfront, isn't it? It's a place where you can have a an account, a page set up which will display all of your books. Um it's where when you're browsing on Amazon and the author's name is hyperlinked and you click on it takes you to the author's page if they have one if they do not have a page set up it just does a search of their name on amazon so all you get is a list of possibly related titles but possibly not it's an amazon search so anything could happen um
0: it is a bit like a social media page for an author isn't it really yeah
1: yeah all about you yes so you have you can put a bio in there um and it's where you can go as well, the sort of the rear end of it. So that's not the right, <laughs> right <laughs> phrase. Oh well. That's right. Behind roll with that. the scenes um, bit that you get access to as an author, you can look at all your reviews in one place and your um like sales rankings, uh, both for you as an author and for each individual book. And there are lots of toggles so you can change the time span and change how many books you look at at once and all of that kind of thing. So it's a handy thing to have. Um, and I do always recommend that people set themselves up on Author Central so that when people click on
0: their name on Amazon, it
1: actually goes to your books and you and not just whatever shows up on a search.
0: Especially if you have a author name uh, who is similar to other people, mm. <laughs> so other authors? There are several Julia Scotts out there. Uh, I did think about that at the time when I picked pen name, but I don't think I really cared. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it just means that if someone searches for Julia Scott, um, they'll be able to find me a bit easier or find everything I've written in one place rather than mm. searching Julia Scott and finding other Julia Scott's books. Yeah. How dare they write books <laughs> under my name? not even my real name so
1: (laughs) oh dear yeah I discovered um after I had already published that there was someone out there publishing under HD line
0: really yep but you have quite a unique name right (laughs) (laughs) I know the world is small and there are a lot of people publishing (laughs) yep (laughs) so yeah um
1: fortunately for me i guess uh they i i don't even know male or female um they either haven't published or are using a pen name now because they haven't put anything out in years so Mm. but yeah you you never know and you can't always you can't always know these things in advance so
0: yeah yeah definitely um the author central page will also show um other authors who customers have also brought items by which is quite interesting actually so i'm just looking at mine now and i recognize several of the names other indie authors <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, yeah you can add videos and you can put in updates so it is really quite social media like in its layout but mm. um it's very handy to have for sure
1: yeah okay so we're going to get into some nuts and bolts this might be a slightly technical episode but we will try and keep it as straightforward as we can so what do you need in order to set up a book for sale on Amazon
0: um we'll talk about ISBNs first (laughs) talk about ISBNs because it's one of the first things it asks you I think isn't it oh no it's the second page I've got it open on my screen um (laughs) you can get free isbn's with uh amazon mm-hmm. i believe right yeah and an ebook doesn't need an isbn at all exactly um or you can buy your own isbn's from uh as far as my knowledge
1: oh my gosh. well it's- there yeah, yeah it depends where you are in the world um canada and I think Australia, uh, you can get them free. You don't need to pay for ISBNs. Yes, that's right. Um, in America, it's it is Bowker. Bowker, yeah. Um, and we're in saying the... that right. <laughs> yeah. In the UK, it's Nielsen. That's right. So, um, and
0: they can be expensive. Um, they can, but the downside of using Amazon's ISBN. It will show Amazon as
1: the publisher of record. Yes. So, I mean, there is absolutely nothing wrong with using the free, um, free one offered by Amazon. I did originally. Uh, I only started using my own ISBNs in twenty twenty. Um. So yeah, I, it's just it depends how what stage of your journey you're at, how seriously you're taking it, how long term you're thinking. Um, but yeah. That, so that is a decision you will need to make, you know, at the point of uploading. Uh, if you want to use your own ISBNs, you will need to have bought them or acquired them. And you obviously need to keep a record. Um, if you buy them in bulk, which usually works out cheaper, you need to keep a record of which book you assign to each number because it's important. I have a
0: spreadsheet. <laughs> I have a spreadsheet. Yes, Yay! yes.
1: Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and whether you use an ISBN or not for your ebook, Amazon will assign an ASIN, which is A S I N. I don't actually know off the top of my head what it stands for Amazon
0: service index number or something. I. That's a great guess. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's a thing. Yeah, but that's amazon's
1: own um sort of filing system if you like and that number will show up in the URL for your book it will be you know amazon.com forward slash books forward slash number 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 um so yeah uh you need one of those um but Amazon will just assign that so yes yeah um files you need your files you need to cover. You need your book. (laughs) Although, not if you're setting up a pre-order, you don't have to have the final finished files. Although, word of caution, make sure you upload the final files in plenty of time and test it to make sure they are live. It has been known to happen that a placeholder file has been sent out on launch
0: day. I know several people to whom that has happened. (laughs) Yep you also can only do pre-orders for ebooks and not for paperbacks or hardcovers at the moment which frustrates every indie author that i know mm-hmm. <laughs> because it would be so easy for amazon to do yeah but they just don't do it and no one's really sure why no nope. um but it, it just is one of those things unfortunately yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is um <laughs> How technical do we go with the files? <laughs> so your cover needs to be in a print-ready PDF. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty of information on how to do that. We won't go into how to make a cover on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. And Amazon does
1: have a very clunky um, cover design service. Not service is the wrong word. Um, system tool. Tool. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> um So, like, if you're setting up a pre-order way in advance and you haven't had the cover made yet, you could set up a placeholder cover using that tool. Um, It's very, very basic. Um, But it is there if you need it. Um, So, yeah. And then for the file for the interior of your ebook, you used to need a Mobi, but Amazon has retired that file type, and now you just need an EPUB,
0: same as everywhere else or a kpf yes (laughs) a kpf is what you get when you use kindle's kindle create software which is a very very easy way to make um kindle ebooks and they also export to epub now on kindle create which is very helpful so that Mm. you can have both formats um yeah yeah
1: um I'm sure neither of us would recommend doing this. However, you can also just upload a doc.
0: Don't do it. <laughs> don't
1: <laughs> do it. Don't it, do it. <laughs> but you can. It will let you. Oh shudder. Um, if you're if it's a pre-order, you're putting you want a placeholder. I, yeah. But you don't have to put a placeholder file in on a pre-order anymore. You did used to, but now Amazon will let you put a pre-order without a placeholder file.
0: Yeah and i do recommend kindle create it is it's what i use as a formatter for when i'm making kindle ebooks um it's very user friendly it's very simple it has a few tech not technical issues but like a few things that are like why does it do it like that or why doesn't it do that but it's good software it's free um and you basically upload your you can upload a word document file to it and it will convert it to a the right format for you so it's mm-hmm. it's worth looking at um and there are probably plenty of videos out there on youtube showing you how to use it so you can there is help out there yeah yep um, paperbacks are a whole other matter
1: <laughs> yeah we will just we're going to talk about KDP pre-print in a bit more detail shortly but yes, yes um for you will need a separate interior file for your print version if you're doing one um so, but because you can't do pre-orders on print, you might not want to set it up at the same time you set up your ebook. I don't know. Everyone needs to figure out their process. I do always set them both up at the same time, just because I'm there, so I'm it's efficient. Yep. Um, but yeah, once you whichever one you do first, when you have finished, Amazon will prompt you. They'll say, "Do you want to create this version now?" So, um they are quite keen to get you to do both um but of course you don't have to i know someone in fact who only does print she doesn't have ebooks that's why i know right well i think Um, i'm gonna interview her so i'll I'll maybe discuss that with her on show but um, i I
0: mean we were talking the other day about plenty of people who do ebooks but not print
1: mm -hmm.
0: but i've never heard it the other way around
1: no right
0: it's interesting yeah so um yes yeah, so you will need
1: a separate interior file and obviously for your print cover it needs to be a full front spine and back um the whole whole wrap cover whereas the ebook you only need the front okay so um anything else oh you need your description as well. Yes so this is some people call it a blurb um I am a little bit pedantic on that. It's not a blurb, it is a description. Um <laughs> okay. technically, technically a blurb is like um, you know, where you'll sometimes see like trad published books that have editorial um reviews, like one-liners from like, you know, big name authors. That's mm. a blurb.
0: Oh. Hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. But the, the word has come to be used. For the whole description,
0: okay.
1: But yeah, so um yeah, you need a description again. Okay, we're not going to go into details on how to write a description.
0: Oh, are... go go back to the episode with uh, uh, book blurb magic. Yes, ago, but that was like a year ago now. Or something. <laughs> but that That's was a really right. helpful episode. I love Jesse; okay. she's great. Yep. Okay. Next. KDP select. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> what is it Holly? Tell us, tell us. Right. So you will hear people
1: using the wrong term for this as well. People will say KU. They mean KDP select. Um from a, from the author's point of view, when you enroll your book in KDP select, your book will appear in Kindle Unlimited, which is a reader subscription service. KDP Select requires exclusivity. Your ebook cannot be published anywhere else, not on your website, not on another retailer. It cannot be used as a reader magnet. It cannot be available anywhere except in Kindle Unlimited. So why would you
0: do that? (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to add that you, when you opt in for that, you're locked in for 90 days. Mm -hmm. So if you change your mind you have 90 days until you can change your mind. <laughs> yeah. And also if your book ends up on um, what they're called? A pirate site. That's it. Mm. Pir- a pirate. If it's pirated and put on a website, you can also get in trouble for that too and get kicked mm-hmm. off Amazon. So exciting.
1: Yeah. You'd think, wouldn't you? You'd think that Amazon would realise that is not the author's fault. It's completely out of their control and that they wouldn't be penalised for it. However, the Amazon machine doesn't care that much about people, let's be honest. (laughs) True, true. So, um, yeah, I'm just selling it like it is.
0: (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm going to jump in with some pros, because positivity is supposedly one of my top strengths. (laughs) And I have been in KDP Select for pretty much most of the time that I have been a self-published author. So the reason I did that is I joined KDP Select for my books to be in Kindle Unlimited because it was more simple. At the start when I was a debut author, um, I just wanted it to be simple. I just wanted one website that I had to deal with and just kind of navigate my way around that before I decided what I was gonna do. And that worked really well for me. Um. One of the other benefits of being in Kindle, in KDP Select is that I almost called it Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> you could have judged me. <laughs> <clears throat> One of the other pros of being in KDP Select is that you can uh, set your book for free on Kindle for a limited time and do like pricing countdowns and stuff like that. So you have more ability to promote your book mm-hmm. in various ways than if you're not in KDP Select. Yes. Those correct. are my pros.
1: Yeah, and I did the same. I enrolled in KDB Select at the start. I have dipped in and out over the years. Um, it is it is useful, uh, and the some reasons you might consider it. So, as Julia said, you're at the start of things. You want to keep it simple. It's a totally valid reason. If you write in a genre that is really heavily... Um, populated with romance. <laughs> K- KU books um, then it might make more sense for you to be in that system and mm. be tapping into those readers although it is no one really knows how Amazon works behind the scenes, uh, it is believed that KU books are given preferential treatment in searches um, and and how the payment works with kdp select is that all of the books that are in the program um are eligible for the pages read fund the k-e-n-p fund um which is then divvied up between the authors so the exact amount you get per page read will vary depending on how many books are in the fund that month um but yeah it i know authors who make a good 50 60 70% of all of their income from page reads so um and there are people making a lot of money we're not just talking about pence we're talking six figures so it can be really really financially lucrative to be in kdp select um it's not to say that that money just automatically rolls in you will still have to promote your butt off (laughs) to make that kind Mm -hmm. of money um but yes it's it's possible and the cons of being in KDP Select um this is largely ideological I think um you for me personally I want to be able to reach readers everywhere and while you will often hear that Amazon is the biggest book retailer that really only applies to the US um, and possibly parts of Europe. Um, Around the world, this is not the case. And in fact, Amazon is only available in 13 territories in the world. Mm. So if you want to reach people and maybe, you know, I mean, I I don't translate my books and it would be much more of a thing if I did to reach foreign language markets, Um, if you're only publishing in English and you're only concerned about reaching English-speaking readers, then maybe that's fine. Um, but yeah, I I want people all over the world to be able to read my books. And um, I'm also not keen on putting all my eggs in one basket. I don't want to be beholden to Amazon. They as I have already alluded to, I don't particularly ethically like Amazon. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are some definite issues there. So, you know, it's, if you care about that, if you care about the things that they're not doing so great on, and um, like paying their workers a living wage,
0: um, then <laughs> you, you may want to be wide. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um... Putting your eggs in one basket can be a dangerous strategy when it comes to business, um, because I've heard of many authors whose pre-orders, for example, they've had like over a thousand pre-orders of a book, and then it's just all gone, mm-hmm. um, and Amazon can't get them back again for whatever reason, or their account has been shut down
1: mm-hmm.
0: for something like I don't know, they're in KDP Select and their ebook has been found on a pirated website, mm-hmm. website I should say. Um, you know and and amazon have quite a lot of power with a click of a button all of your books can be taken down off their site and it's yeah. all gone and if and if you're the you know if they're your sole provider then it's a problem yeah. and once you
1: are once your account is gone and you are locked out you literally can't even communicate with them no. so you can't appeal you can't complain like that's it there is no and I mean, I do know people who've had their accounts reinstated. And, of course, you can contact them. There are ways and means, but it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. Um, so I just don't want to be reliant on one big tech giant for all of my income. I don't think that's smart. I don't think that makes business good business sense for me personally. But it is no. worth...
0: <laughs> I was going to say, this episode is all about Amazon. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um and we're here telling you not to just rely on amazon but <laughs> still utilize it because yes
1: and you can be enrolled in kdp select for your ebook but have your print book available everywhere print books can be made available it is only applicable to ebooks so yeah that could be an option a compromise
0: yes absolutely
1: mm. you can also of course be effectively exclusive to amazon without enrolling in KDP Select. You can upload your book to Amazon and not upload it anywhere else. And maybe that's an option while you're learning the ropes and figuring things out.
0: Yeah, then you don't tie yourself into the 90 days, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so KDP Print. Right. Um, As we said, you need a separate interior file and you want to make it look pretty.
0: Yay, formatting! (laughs) Can I just please recommend that people choose cream paper for the inside of their fiction books and not white paper? Because it bothers me when people print fiction books on white paper. If you have non-fiction, white paper is good, but but am I getting this right? My brain's gone. <laughs> but fiction, cream paper, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's your public service announcement. Yes, you will need to choose a size for your book. So the most popular sizes are five by eight, 5.5 by 8.5, and six by nine. Six by nine is more common in America than it is in the rest of the world. Um, but yes, you will need to choose a size of your book. That is going to vary depending on how big your book is. Now, if you've written a huge 250,000 word epic fantasy novel you're gonna want more than likely the bigger trim size for your book but if you've written a novella that's pretty short you know 20 to thirty thousand words you're not going to want a six by nine because it's going to be a very skinny flimsy book (laughs) however if you have written long books and short books so you've got a series that you know maybe has novels and novellas kind of mixed together Go for something in between is my recommendation because then they're all the same height, mm-hmm. but you don't get the big skinny books or the short fat books. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. Yeah.
1: And mm. One of the things you want to think about is the cost of printing the books. Yes. So the, it's by page pretty much. So obviously by having a six by nine book, you will have fewer pages because uh, you can fit more words on each page uh and that will cost less less which means you don't need to charge as much so how this works with Amazon is a little bit convoluted but basically when it comes to figuring out your royalty, they take out the print cost and then you get 30 percent of the profit or is it 35 it's that ballpark mm-hmm. um so, for instance most of my books are priced around sort of 12.99 and i make about 1 pound 50 on that so just before you will get your hopes up about the money to be made in print um yeah
0: it's uh yeah <laughs> that's quite a low royalty actually for right yeah no my books are 9.99 and i get 2 pound just over 2 pounds right But then my books are shorter. Mm, I've got some pretty chunky books. You do, yeah. You really do.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I could price them higher. That's you've got to balance, you know, what you think you can reasonably get from, say, you know, what people would be willing to to pay, Um, and yeah, and the print cost. So um, because I also have black pages. Which I think probably bumps up the printing cost a bit.
0: Probably, but so do I. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. We will have to research this. (laughs) Considering I'm a formatter, I've never actually looked into um yeah, how how the images in the book affect the print cost. I know how it affects the ebook delivery cost. Mm -hmm. So basically the um the higher, you, the, oh, I can't get my words out today. You can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone knows I'm a mess. It's fine. But the, the higher your file size, the higher the cost of delivery for that file. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're putting images into eBooks, you want to make sure that they're a lower resolution than they would be if you're putting them into your print book, mm-hmm. um, because then the file size will be smaller and your delivery cost will be lower and your royalty will be higher. Yeah, it's what everyone wants. Cuz
1: the same is true of ebooks of course. They're, um just like they take the print cost out of your print royalty, they do take the delivery fee out of your ebook royalty. However, the delivery fee is typically pence, not pounds or dollars. It's small.
0: Yes, but I did manage to halve the delivery cost of my ebook by mm-hmm. changing just the images. Nice. So it was something like 45 pence. Mm-hmm. And then I've got dropped it down to 23. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Money. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Every little helps. Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. So we're going to move on and talk about expanded distribution. So this is not an option for your ebook if you are enrolled in KDP Select. Um, however, it is a, an option for your print book, either way. And what this means is that your book will be available for other retailers and book providers. Um, I I will hand over to Julia <laughs> to talk about this
0: because I'll end up saying something really negative. Oh, you should say something really negative. It's always fun. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is a way to get your book into other retailers, like Holly said, libraries, universities, and basically booksellers beyond Amazon, um, yeah, it I'm I'm not entirely sure how it works royalty wise because I was talking to Holly about this before we started about how, um, for example, my third book that I'm just about to publish tomorrow. um <laughs> it, I get two pounds eight pence royalty for my paperback when someone buys it on Amazon. If it's bought outside of Amazon via expanded distribution, I get nine pence. Which is quite a big difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm very confused as to how it works. And it doesn't seem worth it to me, considering there are other options. Yeah. Um, I may have issues with the other options. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other options being Ingram Spark. I have personally had issues with them and know people who have had issues with them, but I know people who have had no issues with them and get on with them just fine. So yeah it's it's a tricky one but yeah tell me your negative thing okay i'm obviously
1: we are here to to talk about amazon and i mean not i wouldn't say promote amazon that's not our edict but um you know we want we want to give our listeners information for uploading to amazon and i think it's important to give a balanced view um expanded distribution is a wonderful idea and i'm glad that amazon offers it however if you put yourself in the shoes of an independent bookshop and someone comes in and wants to order book x and they say it's available on amazon they have you know you can get it here um or you can get it from the normal wholesaler that you get all of your other books from is that independent bookseller going to choose their competition who they see as putting them and all of their colleagues out of business for the last 20 years, or are they going to choose their trusted wholesaler where they can get the book cheaper and not compromise their ethics? You can see what the most likely outcome is, right? So although Amazon does not publish numbers, we do not know. It's my very strong feeling that very, very few sales come through expanded distribution with Amazon. I, I would imagine not more than a percent of any one book.
0: Yeah. And I am personally looking back into <laughs> Ingram Spark as, you know, for expanded distribution because I do want my book available elsewhere for the reasons that Holly said before, especially my paperbacks. Um, but yeah, going through Amazon to get nine pence per paperback just feels not very fair. Mm hmm sure their workers feel the same
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's about their
0: hourly rage isn't it? <laughs> oh, <God.
1: laughs> anyway so let's talk about prices yes um, <laughs> so for your print books you will want to consider the print cost uh for your ebooks you will want to consider the uh the delivery fee um though this is a downside of pricing a book at 99 cents which you can do uh whether you're in KDP select or not you can price your book anywhere between 99 cents and 9.99 um and yeah if you have like a great big 25 book series that you want to publish as an omnibus the maximum you can set the price at on Amazon is 9.99 the delivery fee for that might be quite high just mm. That's just something to consider. Um, Other retailers do allow you to set your price much higher, like unlimited. So, um, but yeah, I also really just want to please urge authors, because I see this so often and it is deeply upsetting, to take a global view. So when you are picking your prices, don't just set it. If you're in America, for instance, don't just set it to $3.99 and then click to just set base all the other marketplaces on that price because you will get weird prices like in the UK it might be £8.61. I can tell you as a customer, we don't like that. We like we like the nice predictable round numbers. We like 99. <laughs> yep. <laughs> These be 99 or at a push maybe 49.
0: I I might accept I don't know sometimes if I see a book that's 80 it's usually like 84p that's generally what 99 cents will convert to in in UK money Mm -hmm. and it'll be 84p and I'm kind of excited because I feel like I'm saving money (laughs) (laughs) I'm like oh it's not 99p it's 84 I'm saving (laughs) some money who um but yes it, it does make it does look more professional when you have priced for that market rather than just pricing for one market and basing it all off that. So Mm -hmm. I do agree. Yeah. Um,
1: they do on the, the pricing page, this didn't used to be the case. And I remember sitting for hours with a calculator to try and get it right. It wouldn't include VAT. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) So you had to add on the VAT up to think, what is the the customer going to see when the VAT gets added on? Um, and yeah and try and avoid clunky numbers and that was a nightmare but now thankfully the interface shows you um what it will be with and with, without VAT and obviously some people may not be aware of this but in the UK books do not have VAT added to them they are considered an essential resource like children's clothes and food and don't have VAT whereas in a lot of other places there is sales tax you know whatever name you have for it added onto books
0: i feel ridiculous that i didn't know that ah yeah it didn't
1: used to apply to ebooks but the law changed about two years ago now
0: yeah i really didn't i had no idea (laughs) i'm not business minded (laughs) like that at all Uh, money minded
1: so yeah so it's just something to consider um when setting your prices globally just um make sure the price is going to look neat um and also uh it is a requirement. It's in the terms and conditions of every single book retailer. And I know none of us read the terms and conditions. And I'm not mm. saying you have to sit and wade through eight pages of tiny print. However, it is in there, your ebook must be the same price everywhere. So um if you are going wide and publishing elsewhere, you must make sure your book is the same price wherever it is sold. Yep. Yeah, so that's another thing Amazon could just randomly shut down your account for one day without telling you. I know a lot of authors who are like, "What did I do?" It it may turn out that their book was six ninety nine on Kobo and four ninety nine on Amazon or something, and that that would be it. That would be enough to
0: oh, and then it's all gone.
1: Yeah. However, Amazon will price match. So if your book is a different price elsewhere. It's all automated now it didn't used to be back in the old days <laughs> <laughs> you had to email them if you wanted your book price matched you had to contact Amazon and say please price match my book but yeah. um they do do it pretty much automatically now so
0: yeah yeah regarding pricing every now and then Amazon will put your book on sale without mm-hmm. telling you um <laughs> thankfully <laughs> you still get the normal royalty that you would normally get if it was if the customer was paying full price. But yeah, like I've obviously been keeping an eye on my books recently because I'm about to release the third, but I looked at the second and saw that the paperback has gone down from 9.99 to 672 or something random like that mm-hmm. um, So yeah, I was chatting to Dave Chesson about this on the episode where I spoke to him about Atticus where he was saying, He's trying to develop a tool that will notify authors when their books go on sale so that they can promote them because amazon do it without telling you so how how are you supposed to know unless you check your book every day so <laughs> yeah
1: and also we should mention the royalty rates um your so if your book is priced between 99 cents and Two ninety nine. I really hope I'm getting this right. You will only get thirty percent royalty, but if your book is between two ninety nine and nine ninety nine, you get seventy percent royalty. I think that's correct.
0: It's thirty five percent, not thirty. But yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah, thirty five. Okay. Um, there are a couple of territories where you only get thirty five percent. Is it Japan and Mexico or something? There's a couple of random ones where it's there is no seventy percent rate.
0: You know what? This is just beyond my brain power. <laughs> I'm looking at my own like prices on on KDP and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Japan, Brazil, Mexico, India, mm-hmm. only 35%. There
1: you go. Thank you very much.
0: You're so welcome.
1: <laughs> so it's just something to consider when you're picking your prices and even when you're running promotions, um, you've got – yeah, just take that into account. If you're on a lower price, you get a lower um, percentage royalty rate, and now that may not matter because you sell so many more units, you're still making more money. Um, but that's a, a bit of maths that you're going to have to do for yourself, and a little bit of um, you know prediction because you won't know until you've done it how many books you sell. It's a you only know in hindsight
0: whether or not it was a good idea. So. True. I'm going to ask you a question, Holly, because I actually don't know the answer. Mm. But if you wanted to set a book as perma-free on mm. Amazon, can you do it without being in KDP Select? You
1: can. In fact, you can't be perma-free if you're in a KDP, KDP Select. You can yeah. only be free for your five days. Or Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, So, yes, if you want to have your book perma-free, you must be wide. And there is only one way to do it, and that is to set it free everywhere else and then ask Amazon to price match
0: ah oh, i see yeah
1: so that is one of those occasions so this is one of those things where you know some people are like what's the point of author central there were some things if you wanted amazon to get something done you would contact them through author central and for other things you would contact them through kdp <laughs> um, i i don't know why but clearly they've seen the error of their ways and now pretty much if you try and contact them through author central they'll say please do this through KDP. So I would say these days, if you need to contact them, just do it through KDP. Um, for a while, the customer service at Author Central was far superior, much quicker, much more friendly. It was really good. But for some reason, they've pretty much shut down their Author Central customer service and moved it that all to KDP. It. <laughs> but it has got better at KDP. Um so yeah when you go into your KDB dashboard there's um in in, into the help section which you find at the top right of your screen um there is there's a whole load of um help topics and options and at the bottom of that is the contact us button the big yellow button and when you go to that they they give you templates they have like a um a menu on the left hand side selecting you know select your topic what what is it you want to talk to us about so say it's you want your um your book price matched um then it's there's a pricing option and there is even a price matching option and it will bring up a template basically so you can call them or you can email them and if you click the email button it gives you a template and they tell you what information to give them so it's it's really straightforward i used to have um, in fact, I've still got the email saved. I had a draft email saved in my Gmail account with with a template so that I could just go and copy that and then put it into the email form mm. because it was so much easier. But now they have their own template, so it's so much more easy. Uh, so you just link them to Kobo, Apple, Google, everywhere else that your book is free, every territory your book is free because it's no good saying make my book free and only giving them UK websites because they will only make it free in the UK. You have to say, I want it to be free in all territories, all marketplaces. So dot com, dot co.uk, dot fr, dot br, dot, you know, (laughs) all of them, all 13 territories. (laughs) Um and and ask them to put it to free. And they will. And they usually do it within 24, 48 hours.
0: Yeah, they're quite quick at responding, which is good.
1: Yeah. I think that's one of those things they've automated. And yep. they, just, they just do it as soon, as soon as the
0: request comes in so
1: yeah that's how you make your book free <laughs> it's the only way to make your book free on amazon i i don't know why they don't just make it an option
0: <laughs> everyone else does so that's strange isn't it yeah just one of those things
1: oh amazon we love you
0: yeah Most of the time. Most of the time.
1: The (laughs) truth is, I know I can be quite negative, but the truth is, if you want to sell books in the USA, which is the biggest English-speaking market, um, you you need to be on Amazon and you need to know how to work the system and and do it well. And so that's why we're covering this stuff.
0: Absolutely. So, what other things can we add to our books when we upload them, um, which will help with marketing those Mm. books?
1: Okay, so you want to go back two weeks and listen to our second interview with Dave Chesson. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We talked all about keyword phrases. Um, You get seven fields in which to fill in keywords. Now, you might think that you would just have one word in each field. Please don't do that. Maximize those fields. Um, Don't just put, you know, romance in one and... Um, cowboys in the next one, and <laughs> no, 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 no. You want <laughs> you want phrases that a are applicable to your book. So if you haven't written a cowboy romance, don't put cowboy romance in
0: it. <laughs> yeah, don't. That would be very unwise.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the phrases must match your book, and you can pack as many words as you like into each one of those fields, but they should be things that people are likely to search for on amazon so if you think about your own buying behavior and you're looking for a certain kind of book you might go onto amazon and type in um i don't know julia what
0: what give me an example best ya romance books
1: brilliant so if you want your book to show up in that search put one of your keyword phrases best ya romance books And it's Mm -hmm. more likely, not guaranteed, because, again, Amazon's a bit of a mystery, (laughs) um, but it's more likely to show up. Um, So, yeah, use Publisher Rocket um, (laughs) if if you can. Uh, That will really help pick out the right phrases. It will help you to pick the the phrases that are uh, not too competitive, um, but also highly relevant. And, yeah. Um, that's what you put in there so for example like my most recent book I've got things like um, vampire suspense I've got um, dark gritty action fantasy things like that so
0: Mm.
1: yeah make sure they're relevant to your book and things that people might actually type into a search
0: yes Um, the other part to keywords or the other side of it is the categories that your book is put into and mm-hmm. um, you are allowed to choose two categories when you set up a book on KDP and you know they want to be the most the two most relevant to your book however there is a way to have more than your book in more than two categories do you want to explain how yes. to do that Holly
1: you can actually have it in up to 10 categories and again you're going to go to the KDP help section and send an email and you need to do your research beforehand you need the complete string so actually let me um bring up an example so publisher rocket will help with this as well Um, you can um uh they will help you know you there are categories that you that are difficult to find on Mm. the amazon storefront but they are there. Um, so for example, you would have you need the whole string. So each step of this. So Kindle store, Kindle ebooks, literature and fiction, horror, dark fantasy, horror. That's one string. So then you might have another one which is Kindle Store, Kindle eBooks, Mystery Thriller and Suspense, Thrillers. Or Kindle Store, Kindle eBooks, Mystery Thriller and Suspense, Suspense, Paranormal Suspense. <laughs> like you know like the the more uh the longer it is the more like whittled down it is into a specific niche and there are thousands of these categories on amazon and you you need to do a bit of research to figure out which 10 you want to use
0: and what's Again, the bit oh, sorry go on
1: just make sure they actually are relevant to your book if your book is mm-hmm. a romance please don't put it in non-romance categories please Um, (laughs) that's just a personal plea (laughs) if your book is horror don't put it in romance (laughs) like just you know uh don't go because you you're not going to get sales that way if your book's in the wrong category people won't buy it because they'll they'll see it in the listings and be like that's not what I'm looking for so use your precious 10 that you get access to to be
0: relevant so, the benefit of having your book in more than two categories is just visibility. So, when someone goes to Amazon, instead of typing, <laughs> instead of, wow, I need more sleep. I'm very sorry. Um, instead of typing in a search term, they might go to the navigation on the left where you click Kindle ebooks and then you go to the genre that you're interested in and the subgenres. So, you're more likely to have your book show up there for those people who are more clicky than typey. Mm hmm.
1: there's a lot of words there yeah yes (laughs) okay so let's talk about when you've written more than one book when you have a series or perhaps a trilogy julia
0: yay it's finished
1: (laughs) (laughs) God. what can you do what can you do with your books to connect them and have a beautiful wonderful uh, experience for your reader
0: I hope it's beautiful and wonderful. Okay, so when you set up a book on uh, KDP, um, the very first page is all about your book title. The second section in it is for series. Um, this is where you want to give a series title and say which book number it is. Um, yeah, essentially, you can link all your books together so that when, you go, when the customer goes onto your book page, there is a link that says book one of three of the Mirror Souls trilogy, and that um, customer can click on that link and they'll have a page that says, these are the three books, here are the blurbs, or oh, descriptions, <laughs> <laughs> um, here's how to buy them all. The customer can even buy all the eBooks in one go with just one click, instead of having to buy them all individually. They can see when they're available, You know, if all of them are available or some are pre-order, they can see what format they're in, if they can get them in paperback or hardcover, all sorts of things. Um, so yeah it yeah. is worthwhile putting your books into series um you can make lots of changes to that page and edit the book order and mm-hmm. add books to that and do this and that so it's it's well worth doing for sure yeah um and they will show up all the books in the series will
1: show up on any one books book um sales page at the bottom underneath your description yeah. I think um it'll have them all the all the books in the series laid up laid out nicely.
0: Yeah. And I um, don't think I don't think the series page is available for all uh Amazon sites. So I think from what I can see at the moment it's only US, UK and Germany.
1: Yeah. Um again, I think this is something they've got better at automating more recently. You did used to have to email them <laughs> mm. um there were a lot of things a lot of aspects of your series page you couldn't manage automatically and you had to request but now there's so much um that you can just do yourself so it's much more straightforward thankfully
0: and it does look good you can there's even a tick box that where you can hide books you already have in your kindle library so books you've, ebooks you've already bought you can mm. hide those so you can see the ones that you haven't got yet and yeah mm. it's, it's good yeah Okie dokie.
1: so um the last thing we want to talk about is relatively new and i have to confess it's not something i'm utilizing yet um, me neither we really <laughs> should yes we should and that is a plus content so do you want to share what
0: that is do i really know what that is <laughs> a plus content is a way to add um more information to your books page on amazon um to to make it look more interesting to provide more information uh it's mostly image based i believe Mm -hmm. um i don't really understand it why are we talking about (laughs) it when neither of us (laughs) understand it tell you what go to amazon's help page and type in a plus content (laughs) educate yourself (laughs) And we will be doing the same. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, what I can say is that not that many people are doing it yet, so it's a good way to stand out. Yes. Um, quite often the people that are doing it are the trad publishers. So uh, if you are um, interested in appearing as I was going to say as professional as possible, but I do not mean in any way that indie authors are not professional. And I hope no one would take it that way. But if you want your books to be indistinguishable from Trad published books, that's a good way to do it, or, or part of how you might do that. Um you can include if it's a series, you can if you've got made a lovely graphic for your like, I don't know, maybe your newsletter header or something that includes all your books, you could include that which gives people a nice visual of the whole series you can put character art in there um you could put um a bit more about you like you know a picture with a bit more of a biography or there's all sorts you can do with it um to try and sell yourself and sell your books and you know be more persuasive than just the plain text description that you get as default
0: yes just be warned that amazon are a bit fussy uh they are very specific about the size of the files and the resolution and and the layout and it has to you know they have to agree with it (laughs) yeah but
1: um where do you go to add a plus content so it's just on the book setup isn't it on kdp you know what
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Don't know. Is oh. it... <laughs> <This> is... <laughs> yes, I do know. You go to it's in the promotion section on the mm. book. So where you'd go to run an ad campaign, it's beneath that for A plus content because essentially it is advertising, really, mm-hmm. just in a slightly different way. Yeah. Um yeah. you do need to do it for each separate marketplace, which is a bit of a faff, but understandable if you want to, you know, if, if your books are in other languages, you're going to want to put, you know, mm. different content on there in that language. So, um, yeah, you will have to do it for each marketplace. Yeah. So, yeah, I I mean, they do
1: – they offer a lot of help. You know, all credit to Amazon. They, they do have comprehensive help pages. If there is anything you're not sure about, they will have something set up. And if that doesn't answer your question – you can contact them and they are very good at responding. I don't think I've ever waited more than a day for a response. And for a company as big as they are, with as many people publishing as there are, that's actually really good.
0: Yeah, I think so too. So, yeah. (laughs) So as much as we've said negative things, we (laughs) still recommend using KDP. Yes, absolutely. Especially if you're a newbie because it is user-friendly for the mm. most part.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So I think that wraps up our main topic. So as Angelina's is not here today, I'm in charge of the would you rather question. Oh, <laughs> So, um, Julia, would you rather give up Wi-Fi for a month or give up cake for a month? And by cake, I might mean... You know anything sweet, treaty, tasty numbs.
0: Hmm. I'd give up the sweet treats and the cake mm. <laughs> because I need to anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been eat- I've been comfort eating far too much recently. Yeah, no. Wi Fi is pretty helpful for me. Mm. Don't know. I'm very often on my phone or watching Netflix on my iPad or something. <laughs> so
1: yeah yeah i think i'm the same as challenging as it
0: might be i would give up the cake it's probably less healthy than the wi-fi although Mm. some people would disagree yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh dear okay i think that pretty much closes out the show (laughs) it has been an interesting one for sure I hope it's been helpful though to people Um, it can be overwhelming when you first start to publish and even when you're three books down obviously I'm three books down and I still don't know everything I'm still learning I still had Holly on a phone call the other day explaining keywords to me and (laughs) trying to help me put keywords in even though I'm on book three so yeah Um, thankfully Amazon help is what it's meant to be super helpful Mm -hmm. yeah so there that ends it so if you want to join us for sprints and giggles and get all the other benefits you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors and
1: don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media we're on instagram
0: facebook and twitter just search for unstoppable authors and tune in next week for our topic roundup with a special guest host
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our
0: tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our Guild of Unstoppable Authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of Worldbuilding.
1: If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.